Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It was just the- If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Another day on the job for police officer Andrew as he set out to check a local crack house and arrest any drug dealers he might find. He brought his trusty canine companion along with him as they made their way deep into the woods, close to the National Park. 
The weather was dark and rainy, adding to the eerie atmosphere of the already abandoned and dilapidated building. As he approached the crack house, Andrew shone his flashlight on the door, knocking several times before realizing there was no one inside. He then proceeded to force the door open, letting himself and his dog inside. But as soon as he stepped through the threshold, he knew something was off. The house was empty, not a single soul or drug in sight. But then, on a third floor, he saw something that made his blood run cold. It was a ghost, or at least, that's what it looked like. It was tall and angry, letting out a blood-curdling screech as it lunged towards him. Andrew tried to defend himself, pulling out his gun and firing several shots, but they had no effect on the ghost-like figure. His dog, sensing the danger, tried to attack the ghost, but it was to no avail. The dog just flew through the ghost and fallen of the window, dying in a matter of seconds. Panicking Andrew ran out of the crack house and back to the safety of his patrol car. He radioed for backup, but no one believed his story of a ghost in the woods. They thought he was just imagining things, or worse, making it up. But Andrew knew what he saw, and it haunted him for weeks to come. He couldn't shake the image of the ghost-like figure from his mind, and he couldn't help but wonder if it was still out there, lurking in the woods, waiting for its next victim. Andrew never went back to that crack house, and the area was forever abandoned, avoided by both the police and the locals. But some say on a dark and rainy night, if you listen closely, you can still hear the ghost screech echoing through the woods. It was a sunny and windy day when I, Lincoln, a park ranger, set out on my patrol. I had been on the job for a few years now and had seen my fair share of strange things, but nothing could have prepared me for what I was about to encounter. As I trekked through the dense woods, the wind whipping through the trees, I suddenly caught sight of something out of the corner of my eye. I turned to investigate and was met with the sight of a cabin, one that wasn't on any map. My curiosity peaked. I made my way towards the cabin. Upon arrival, I found the cabin to be empty, but upon further inspection, I discovered a map with a red cross mark on it. I couldn't understand why anyone would mark this particular spot, but my excitement got the better of me, and I decided to follow the map to see where it would lead me. As I followed the map, the woods around me grew denser and darker. The sun began to set, casting long shadows across the forest floor. I couldn't shake the feeling that something was watching me, but I shrugged it off as my imagination getting the best of me. But then I saw it, a creature unlike any I'd ever seen before. It was huge, standing at least eight feet tall, with shaggy fur covering its body. Its eyes were a piercing yellow, and its mouth was filled with razor-sharp teeth. It was a werewolf. There was no denying it. The creature let out a deafening roar and lunged toward me. I barely managed to avoid its attack, but the creature was quick and agile. It chased after me as I ran, my heart pounding in my chest. I'd never been so scared in my life. Finally, after an unsuccessful attack, the creature retreated into the woods, leaving me standing there panting and confused. I had no idea what to make of what had just happened. I had never believed in werewolves or any other mythical creature, but now I knew they were real. I reported back to my supervisors, but they didn't believe me. They thought I was hallucinating or making the whole thing up. 
But I knew what I had seen, and I knew that it was real. That day changed my life forever. I couldn't shake the memory of that creature and the fear that it instilled in me. It was like a nightmare that I couldn't escape from. I couldn't shake the feeling that it was still out there watching me, waiting for the perfect moment to strike. I couldn't stay in the woods after that. I had to quit my job. Now I'm haunted by the memory of the creature, and I'm afraid it will come for me again. I can't sleep at night, and I'm always looking over my shoulder. I know that it's still out there, and I fear that one day it will find me. That's my story, the story of how I encountered a werewolf deep in the woods. I know it sounds crazy, but it's the truth, and I pray that no one else has to go through what I did, because if they do, they may not survive. When I was little, my cousins and I were camping in a treehouse in the Apalachicola National Forest, northern Florida. The treehouse was about 50 yards from an old swamp. We had an old dog that always followed us around and kept us company when playing in the woods. He couldn't get into the tea house due to the steep ladder being the only access, so he just hung out under the tea. As it started getting late in the evening, we started telling ghost stories to try and scare one another. All of a sudden, we hear this big splash coming from the swamp behind us. We all laugh, thinking it was our dog going for a late-night swim. The next thing we hear is a horrific scream that sounded like a woman being murdered. At the end of the scream, there's a low growling sound, and we all freeze. There was nothing we could do, and nowhere to run. The treehouse had an opening in the floor and no door. We start to hear something scratching and crawling at the ladder. We all jump up and go to the farthest point from the entrance. The next thing we see is our dog's head pop up as he struggled to get into the treehouse. He had climbed a ladder that was near 90 degrees to get away from whatever was below. My cousin ran to him and dragged him into the room. We all were silent once again and hear something rustling around and walking circles around the tree. After a few minutes, we hear another splash and the animal swimming away. It was the first time I had heard a cougar scream, and I'll never forget it. At Grundy Provencal Park, Ontario, just pulled into our site, freshly arrived, ready for a stretch after a long drive. I climbed out, and so did my great Dane. Turned around, and a big black bear who was brown, walked out of the trees two feet from me carrying a candle in a pot from the campsite next to us. I easily could have touched it. I'm whisper yelling to my husband to not let the kids out of the car as I try to stay still and get my dog out of the path. That mother F just waddled past me, not even bothering to look at me, thank God. Well, I nearly passed out. My idiot of a dog never even noticed the freaking bear. She would not survive on her own. The thing is, I've run into bears before, on a campsite and while hiking, but I was mentally prepared. This time I was not as we had been in the park for what felt like 30 seconds. I was shook, was ready to turn around immediately and go home without unpacking. Only time I've ever felt that way on a camping trip. I read my campsite neighbors, the riot act about bear safety and scented freaking candles. Needless to say, the trip was doomed from. 
The start is my Dean got diarrhea in the night a few days later and paced circles around the tent, spreading it everywhere. I did get to see more of the bears at the laundry area while washing everything in the tent, and I didn't freak out those times. We have had a few scare animal encounters, but have to carry a friend out of a canine that was have a heat stroke. We were in a big group that had broken apart as it was a long hike. My son and I got to our friend, and he did not look good. I sent my son ahead to camp for help and to get supplies to keep him alive ready. I also did not want him to see how bad it was. It was a grueling two miles up where I ended up strapping him to my back with my backpack and rope, then just climbing. Once getting him to camp, we had to work hard and keep him alive. We were in a very remote area where you are warned that no one will rescue you, and you are on your own. We were so lucky he did not die. Small group of friends camping in the woods down a forest road that has public dispersed camping spots. While we were asleep in our tents, a car playing loud music pulled just past our spot and pulled off the road. The music woke us up and we could hear someone get out of the car. All of a sudden a gunshot goes off, then another, then another, then rapid fire 27 more shots. My girlfriend and my dog are obviously terrified, so I grabbed my handgun and put my pants on, then slowly poked my head out of the tent. Then, as I'm creeping out of the tent, I ran to a tree and peered around it. The car is still there, and I can barely see two people next to it as it's pitch black out at 3 a.m. They were roughly 50 feet from my friend's tent, and a vehicle with two other friends inside. I creep over to my buddy's vehicle, and I knock on the window to say my buddy's name and don't shoot me. Then he opens the door, and we try to figure out what the hell to do. He pokes his head out and yells, don't shoot. We have guns. Get the hell out of here. We see that the two individuals finally notice we are extremely close, and they hop in the car, pull back, and drive away down the forest road. We call the cops, and all hop in one car, drive back into town, and we go to Denny's where we try to figure out what the F just happened. A couple hours later, we get a call from the cops, and they say they were unable to find this car, but they have multiple vehicles looking. They tell us we are all good to go back to our campsite. Obviously, the six of us, plus my dog, are in no shape to go back and sleep in our tents. We hang out until sunrise and then go back. We find the 30 empty 7.62 shells, and we see they were shooting essentially parallel with our camp, and it was under 75 feet away. In 2008, I was camping with friends on the Wisconsin River between Boscobel and Wyalusing. It rained so much Lake Delton overflowed and spilled into the Wisconsin River, taking houses, trees, and everything else in its path. With it, there was so much rain they'd opened all 13-ish dams along the Wisconsin River, far, far, far upstream. We didn't have great cell phones back in 2008, so we didn't know most of this until the water went up 10 plus overnight on our second night. There was no exit option other than ride down to Wyalusing for our livery. 
We quite literally rode through obstacles like portions of houses and trees that at times were full grown but washed down. There was one bridge we barely made it under due to all the other debris. When we got to the Mississippi River to turn towards Wyalusing, I knew we were in trouble when I didn't see a single boat or jet ski on the river. What's normally a bustling highways of boat traffic was empty. I could see white cap waves going upstream on the old mist. We bunged all the gear on the canoes best we could, put on our life jackets and towed the mile or so we needed to, to the area we'd be picked up. It was pretty horrifying trying to navigate a full canoe through waves like that. We were lucky one of the other boats wasn't, and then they tipped they lost a ton of their camping gear. They made it to safety, but barely. The entire group of friends loves to tell the story when we're having beers, but I swore I never wanted to wring out my sleeping bag and sleep wet like that again. Every trip down the Wisconsin River after that was done in August instead of June. I was camping in the middle of nowhere, and this car keeps getting closer and closer. It's pitch black middle of the night and this car's headlights are on, way off the road. Eventually, the car stops like 25 feet from my sight. I'm set up behind a bush, and I can tell they don't know I'm there. I decide the best thing to do is make contact so things don't get even more weird. This dude was drunk as F and even more startled to see me. I scared the shit out of him, and he was clearly armed. Luckily, he just apologized and went on his drunken way. Humans are way scarier than anything else out there. Three years ago, I reserved a hike, an only campground in Marin Headlands north of San Francisco. It took about an hour and a half to walk up there. It was very beautiful, but very desolate. It was just me. I got up there before nightfall and pitched my little tent. There were no other campers there. I enjoyed the beautiful sunset and went to bed. Sometime during the night I woke up because I heard a noise coming from the trees about ten yards behind the campsite. It sounded like a larger animal walking through underbrush very slowly, occasionally stopping. I tried to stay calm but quickly realized that whatever it was was approaching my tent. Then a few feet away the footsteps stopped completely. After a few more moments, I heard a noise right outside my tent that I will never forget. It was a very low but very distinctly sad, mournful sound. It sounded exactly like a quiet human moan. I was instantly totally paralyzed with terror. I did not move and I barely even breathed, let alone ask who was there. I knew I had no cell phone service up there and I would not have moved a muscle to pick up my phone, even if I did have service. I'm not religious, but I did pray for whatever it was to leave me alone. I don't know how much time passed before it left, but it did. I didn't sleep for the rest of the night. I remained motionless in my tent until the first bit of light and then quickly packed my stuff and ran back down to the parking lot, got in my car and drove back to the city. I have not camped alone since then. scariest thing to happen to me was while I was camping at Martin River Provincial Park. 
While I was sleeping in my pop-up trailer, I heard what sounded like a young woman screaming in the woods. It started to be sporadic screaming moving through the bush and eventually started coming closer. It sounded like it was about 30 feet away and still sounded exact like a screaming woman or child. I was too damn scared to try to find the zipper for the window, so I waited. Right as I was sitting up to unzip the window, the scream came from directly below my pullout. I couldn't hear any footsteps and didn't know how it got there or if it was gone, so I just laid still for what felt like hours. I eventually got up to look and couldn't even see any tracks. My guess is it was Cougar or some other cat that was in heat. One, one. One, one. One, one. One, one. We had the fire nearly run out of wood, and it was a very dark and late night, so there was really no use for me and my drunk buddy to gather some while our girlfriend slept. We decided to finish the last six beers and talk about random things before bed. I got up to take a leak, and when I pulled out my flashlight, I caught a damn skunk about two steps away from me. I backed up as quick as possible, but it was obviously annoyed at nearly being stepped on by some drunken Midwestern guy with his unit halfway out. Close call and not that scary considering that could have ended a lot worse. My wife, Dog, and I were backpacking on the AT in Vermont. At about five in the morning, we heard something moving around outside our tent, and the dog started this low growling. I peeked out and could see a large shape moving around, and first, I thought it was a bear. The dog kept growling, but it was that afraid, I'm going to hide behind you, sort of growl. The shape moved closer, and I realized it wasn't a bear, but a cow moose. She came right up to the tent and looked inside. At this point, the dog was done and ducked behind me. Make it go away, my wife whimpered. I thought, how the hell am I going to make a 1,000-pound moose go away? But she eventually wandered off. Poor location choice to set up my tent during a storm on a solo trip. Kayaked my gear across a lake to a remote location, set up in an area that was relatively dry at the time, woke up in the middle of the night to my tent being in about eight inches of rushing water, waded through thigh-deep rushing water to the beach to make sure my kayak was still there, it was, but I dragged it up to higher ground to be sure, went back to my tent and dragged it as far back as I could out of the water. I had a tree in my way so I could only move it by five, six feet or so. Then I started to dig a trench to divert water and stack rocks to act as a dam. Woke up every 40 minutes or so to check on the water. By the time I got out of bed in the morning, the water had risen back to my tent, just barely touching it. Packed up my soaking wet tent and kayaked one hour back to where I'd parked. And wouldn't you know it, the sun had come out, the water was calm and clear. It turned out to be a beautiful day, but with a wet tent, my three-night trip was cut short to one. Don't cheap out on your tents, people. All my gear inside stayed bone dry. I was camping alone, just laid down and was starting to snooze when I heard this sound through the bush. 
I didn't think anything of it, really. It's a popular campground. Well, this sound is coming from the bush and it's heavy footsteps. The kind where you can hear the impact of the step. And I'm thinking, oh, this guy is bushwhacking low. Then I start thinking, oh shit, he's really bushwhacking. Why? There's a trail right there. And then my sleepy brain wakes up and goes, oh, it's a F Sasquatch. And I start freaking out. I sleep with a large knife and axe, so I'm griping them, just laying there, all quiet, listening to this thing crash. It's way through the bush, right beside my tent. It's dark, so I can't even look out the window without using a flashlight. So I just lay there, listening, thinking this Sasquatch is gonna rip into my little tent. Then I start thinking, oh, it's not a Sasquatch, it's a bear. Did I shit you? Not my heart went from crazy beats jumping out of my chest to calm in an instant. Somehow a real live bear is less scary than a Sasquatch. I even heard it rattling the garbage cans and everything. It was pretty crazy for wildlife that night. Right after the bear passed a large elk or deer came charging through my campsite. Scared the shit out of me. Must have been spooked by my Sasquatch. Earlier this year, I was camping on the Clyde River in upstate New York. It's dark. I'm in my tent trying to sleep, watching fireflies overhead. Out of nowhere, they're splashing. I'm only about 10 or 15 feet from the riverbank, and the splashing sounds like something big is climbing out of the river. My heart starts pounding, and I'm certain that a bear or a moose or something has just swum across the river and chosen my campsite as the exact place it wants to climb out. I hunker down in my tent, terrified, and praying it doesn't decide to investigate. I'm clutching my utility knife to my chest. Like that would do much against a bear, and I'm doing my best to keep my breathing quiet. The splashing doesn't stop. One, two minutes, maybe three. The water's still splashing. I start to panic, thinking maybe an entire family of bears is coming out of the river. When I eventually realize there's no animal sounds, snorting or pawing, etc., to be heard, I manage to swallow my fear long enough to peek out of my tent. It was just wake from a passing boat. I'm a dumbass. I wasn't entirely alone, though, because a raccoon did steal my leftovers about a half hour later. Went backpack camping with my slightly older, also female cousin in the mountains in Virginia. Took over an hour to get up to the only parking lot with access to the trailhead due to the road being more potholes than road. A lone car accompanied us in said parking lot. On our hike in, we passed a couple of fellow backpackers heading back to the car. We saw, so we knew as long as nobody else arrived after us. We were alone on that side of the mountain. Encountered a huge rattler laying in the middle of the trail that my cousin's Irish wolfhound decided to investigate and got bit on the nose. He was fine, but it was a bit alarming. Got our sights set up appropriately, hung food far away. Lots of firewood for the night, sub-freezing bags, etc. Had a great evening exploring and appreciating the beauty. I fell asleep relatively easy, given all the work we had put in to ensure we were well set up. My cousin wakes me up with reoccurring jabs to the ribs low. 
Did you hear that? She was whispering. No, Tiff, I was sleeping. What did you hear? She shushed me and said there was something outside of our tent. My being a fatalist and all decided I was more interested in going back to sleep than I was with whatever was prowling around our site. It was 2 a.m., probably a raccoon or a possum. Bring it on, bucko. I was about to put the earplugs I had brought in my ears when the most peculiar vocalization I had ever heard rang out. It sounded unnatural, almost like a computer-generated sound. It was loud, sounded like a mix between a turkey call and cadence, almost a gobble but high-pitched and warning in nature like a big cat screech. I've spent so many nights in the deep woods and have never heard anything close to that sound. I put my earplugs back in, relegated to the fact that we were probably goners. Didn't hear anything else while we were up there. Didn't see any other campers either. Upon our departure, we went into the little town at the bottom of the mountain and hit up the market. Asked the locals about the call we heard, while feeling ridiculous attempting to mimic the call, and finally ran into a couple of old farmers who told us how lucky we were to hear what we heard. I guess whatever it is and the sound it makes is a highly sought-after experience although they couldn't definitively identify what the responsible creature was. We went home and searched online for hours for a sound bite that could help us out. Nothing came close. Super frustrating. I can still hear it and wish there was a way to recreate it so someone might be able to help identify what the heck it was. I was tent camping in Revelstoke two summers ago, and a massive windstorm came through just before the sun was about to go down. The campground had a ton of tall, skinny birch trees. My dog, partner at the time, and I were sitting around the fire, trying to deal with the wind, and all of a sudden start hearing loud bangs, one after another. Then a couple screams. Turns out the birch trees were snapping and falling onto people's tents slash trailers slash vehicles. Because the sun was just about to set, it was extremely difficult to see much, making the entire situation extremely dangerous. Certain parts of the campground were evacuated, but where I was camped, a tree had fallen across the road. So we were told by park staff to shelter in place and try our best to keep our eyes open. The storm eventually passed, but the next morning when we woke up and saw the magnitude of damage the storm had caused, it was extremely unnerving. Our neighbors had a tree land within two feet of their trailer. Otherwise, the trip was great, though. Ten of ten, Revelstoke. Camping in dispersed camping spots along a small river. We had camped here many times and understood the spacing of campsites along the river. We were parked in the one pullout along the road, which was a big indication that someone is camping there. That didn't matter to the other party. They packed in two tables and covered them with bottles of liquor, just about ten yards from us. Once we went to bed, there was an argument on the road up above and one single gunshot. The night was silent after and we never heard anything again. In the morning, there were people sleeping in cars, toilet paper all over the ground. It was a mess, but silent. Super weird.
I was hiking solo in the winter of 2017 in the Canangra Boyd National Park southwest of Sydney, Australia. After a full day of hiking in roughly 25 kilometers from my car, in the nearest road and the sun is getting low in the sky, I started looking for a clearing to set up camp for the night. I'd slung my pack to the ground and had started pulling out my gear when I caught a large black mass out of the corner of my eye, moving slowly through the bush about 50 meters off to my left. Standing up slowly, I had to walk a few paces to get a clear view, and to my shock there stood an emaciated black horse staring back at me. Needless to say, I wasn't keen on having to share my serenity with this untamed demon horse. So I scooped up my gear and I was off to find another spot for the evening. Here's where it gets creepy. As I started walking again, so too did the horse. It flanked me step for step about 50 meters off my left-hand side for another couple of kilometers. If I stopped, it would stop. If I stepped towards it, it would step away from me. If I jogged, it would trot to keep pace, but always flanking my left side. Twilight was settling, and it was clear that my new demon horse buddy wasn't leaving. I built a decent fire and decided to use my descending rope and a few trees to create an ad hoc fence encircling my tent and fire. The night descends into the kind of blackness that only comes with a new moon. Oddly, I sleep like a baby and had forgotten about the horse until I stuck my head out of my tent and see the rope I'd strung up the night before. Restoking my fire back to life, I look over and see the horse laying dead in the exact spot it had been the night before, an emaciated sack of black matted hairy skin full of bones. It was like it had been dead for weeks. When I was a Boy Scout, I did this camping trip where you hike five miles in and set up camp. After getting settled, we watched these dark clouds roll in. Our leader called us over to tell us we were in a tornado warning and that we should be prepared to leave. It escalated quickly. Radio said we had a tornado touchdown less than 10 miles away and they called in two vans to come get us. Rain that came down flooded the area so bad that the vans got stuck. The wind was picking up and the rain was even worse. Radio said the tornado was getting closer to you, so our leader told us to drop everything and run. I was never scared of storms, but running through heavy rain, lighting strikes that were less than a mile away from you, where you could feel the pressure and static, not knowing where everyone was or really where to go, because it was so dark and the rain was so torrential. It was terrifying. Been camping a lot since then, and noises in the dark don't bother me, but storms are something else. <laughs>